I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. From the top to the bottom, I was raised to be solid. Real at every angle, I ain't worried about the audit. Never see the hate, tunnel vision on the profit. Boss moves if I want it, best believe I cops it. Team so tough, moving silence like the mafia. Trying to get the form whip, probably name it Claudia. Wife rocking Tiffany, that's just another day to me. I be living lavish, that's why these haters be hating me. Stronger than I ever been, never break, never been. God first, family second, money is like next again. So if you come in for me, pull the trigger, guard and shoot. Kevlar mindset, lifestyle bulletproof. Bulletproof, built tougher than your average. Ultimate hustler, I'm the total package. Bulletproof, I know you see me in your scope I'm the captain of the ship, you just a sailor with a boat Bulletproof, built tougher than your average Ultimate hustler, I'm the total package Bulletproof, I know you see me in your scope I'm the captain of the ship, you just a sailor with a boat Bulletproof What's up everybody? You're on the Bulletproof Mafia And I'm Michael Munsterman Today's episode Facts or Fiction Interesting conversation that I want to have today because I see something that, like, I shouldn't just call this facts or fiction. I should call this facts, feelings, or fiction. And what's interesting is most people who you interact with interact from a place of facts, they interact from a place of feelings, and then they interact from a place of fiction. And so when I'm talking to you about this today, what I'm trying to do my goal at the end of this conversation is for you to be super, super clear on the questions that you ask yourself and the way that you communicate with others and the way that others communicate with you. I'll give you a for example. Early in the dealership days, my daughter was trying to figure out how to run the accounting, the bookkeeping for the car business. I was able to sit out front and I had a pretty good idea of the number of cars that we sold. And because I did every deal, I knew approximately what the grosses were for each of those cars. I had an idea of what the rent was and what the expenses were and the insurance and all of the other hard fixed costs in running the car business. So I had a pretty good litmus, a fact-based thought process to get me to where I thought we were profitability-wise. There were just three employees. It was a pretty small operation, so it was super, super easy. But what's interesting was, like, it worked in the, when we were running a $50 million company, too. I was, I was in the background running the, the projections that I had and, and basing things off lots of different bits of information. But at the end of the day, an accounting person in this conversation, my daughter, came to me and said, we're in trouble. Here's what the books say. And I was able to look at the books. And what's interesting, most people in that moment would allow themselves to have an emotional response when they feel like they've been operating for the last 30 days and their bookkeeper comes to them and says, we lost $30,000. Lost $30,000 last month. Now, what's interesting is for a lot of entrepreneurs and for a lot of people just in general in different conversations, their next response is based 100% off the initial emotional response, their feelings. They don't understand that separating facts, feelings, and fiction gives them an opportunity to step into a clarity in reality. But that's exactly what I did. Initially, I tried to communicate with her. I said, based off of my fact-based experience, I feel like this is inaccurate. I feel like what you're giving me is quite fictional. Now, I framed it softer because she's my daughter and because 
you know, I recognize that people's feelings, sometimes they get in their heads a little bit. And if, if you just say, that's absolutely garbage and I don't want to see it, get it out of my face, then you'll find that people shut down on you pretty hard or they'll fight with you because now you've just insulted their intellect. And so that's not normally the path I go. Normally, I'm more of a one-minute manager. I start in the beginning, hey, I know you're working really hard. I know you're investing a lot of time, effort, and energy into what you're doing right now. I don't believe that this is accurate at all. I think that if we'll sit down and go through this together, we'll be able to figure out where the misstep is and we'll be able to communicate more clearly on how we could do something better. Now, remember that I see you being the captain of the financial leg of this ship. I see you being the one that's the, the shot caller. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're not going to do based on the numbers. I believe that if you continue on this course that you're on with me, that eventually you're going to graduate from being a bookkeeper to being the, the finance manager and beyond the finance manager to this, the CFO. And then eventually I could see you gaining enough skill sets that you could be the COO. And we're going chief financial officer all the way up to chief operating officer. Like that's kind of the, the succession. And the better you are at understanding reality and numbers and com combining the two, the better you are at that position. So I one minute manage. Here's on the front 20 seconds or so. Here's what I see in you that's so wonderful and what you're doing that's really, really great. In the next 20 seconds, here's what's absolutely shitty about this conversation we're having and why we're having it. And the last 20 seconds, again, I want to remind you of my vision for you in the future. That works on kids, that works on your spouse, that works on friends, that works in cantankerous situations that you're trying to get yourself out of. Hit them with love, punch them in the gut, and then rub on the spot you just punched. And so that's what I did. And it was hard for her. It was hard for her to accept. But I was able to take facts. I was able to pull, these are, this is the number of cars that we sold. This is what we grossed per car. This is what we paid per car. This is what our, our recon expenses were. Here's our fixed marketing expenses, our rent, our electric, our water. Here's what our employee, what our payroll was for that same 30 days. When you take all of those bits of information that I have that shows that we made 10 or 12 or 15 or, or 30,000, let's say we made 30,000 that month. Then I look at her and say, show me where you came up with we lost 30,000. And at first this was hard for her because the numbers were the facts. What she didn't realize was a couple missteps in, in, in just accounting principles inside of the system made her numbers fictitious. And not at any fault of her own. The car business is, is kind of tricky in how you do the bookkeeping for a car business. And so a couple normal accounting principles in some industries result in, in fallacies in our industry. And so I just knew the numbers weren't right. And I kept sending her back to the drawing board, sending her back, sending her back, come back with the facts. These are not facts. This is fiction. And her feelings were getting hurt. And the way that she began to operate with me was based off of feelings. She couldn't win in the conversation of the numbers. And so I noticed that in different conversations, she, she was getting a little bit more aggressive with me. She would make sly, smart aleck comments in front of other employees. She would take little pot shots at me. She would dig. She would like, she was, she was getting belligerent in some conversations that didn't that, like that just wasn't necessary. And her and I have what we affectionately call D-Day. <laughs> this was the day that we walked into the apartment that we shared while we were growing the dealership, while we were still, my, my wife and I were still trying to sell everything up north. My wife had stayed home at our original house when, when my daughter and I moved to the city to start the dealership. I came out of retirement. She quit her job where she was working and she came to do the bookkeeping for the business. And, and on D-Day, we walked into our apartment and someone was going to die. She had hoped it was going to be me and I had hoped it would... Okay, I'm not even going to say that on the air. I was just ready to murder her. 
And so it was very animated. It was very passionate. It was very raw. It was very real. But on the other side of that, there was a snap. I broke her connection of money to emotion in that conversation. I gained an element of her trust that I've never been able to gain through the process of being her father for the last 20 years. There was never a a situation or a conversation that was more critical, more of a turning point in my relationship with her because I got her in business to recognize that we have three different conversations. We have the facts. And no matter what you're talking about, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter where you want to go in a conversation, the very first and most powerful thing that you can do to give yourself an edge in that conversation is write the facts. And then move that to the side. And next, line up and start to write about your feelings. This is how, line by line, this is a fact. How does this fact make me feel in relation to this conversation? And then, under the fiction column, write, what is fictional about my feelings in relation to the facts? Well, we've spent $20,000. Our nest egg is down $20,000 from where it was this same time last year. That's a fact. The feeling is, oh my gosh, we're going to go broke. I feel like we're going to lose everything. I'm going to lose my house. I'm not going to be able to pay my bills. What if I can't do this? What if I can't do that? I mean, we're heading towards zero. This is terrible. That's how I feel. Be passionate. Be real. Be raw. Write your feelings. And then let's call out some fiction. Okay. So your nest egg went down $20,000 from this time last year. True or false? Yes or no? Yes, that's a fact. Cool. How does that make you feel? Scared. Is that true? Yes, yes. That's a fact. Next, the next conversation in that is, am I going broke? Well, I still have $60,000 in the bank. Or I still have $20,000 in the bank. I still have $10,000 in the bank. No, I'm, I'm not quickly going broke. If you can... So is that a fact? Like everything, just follow it up with, is that true? Yes or no? And if you, at any point, you kind of think, I don't really know if that's true. Write it in the fiction column for now. Are you going broke? Yes or no? No. Are they going to come take your shit next week? No. Okay, you're good. And then the next question, what is the problem? Like, I feel like, see, feel, watch out for that word because it's ugly. It's a slippery slope that you're dancing on when you start a conversation with feel. And you're you're trying to associate your feelings to a fact. I feel like maybe my spending's been a little bit out of line with my income. Is that true? Yes or no? So there, there could be two responses to that. One could be no. The truth is, is that I invested $50,000 in a business last year. So over the last 12 months, so $30,000 came out of my earned income and $20,000 came out of savings. But here's what this is going to make me over the next 24, 36, 48 months. Another conversation from that facts or feelings and like, and, and then fiction conversation is yes. Yeah. I don't really have any other assets or anything that I can show. I've just like lived beyond my means and my income went down. So are you going to go broke? No. Do you need to alter the way that you spend money? Yes. 
What are you willing to do? What are next steps you're willing to do to change this conversation in your life? And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take this conversation that I'm having and I'm going to create a document that's going to be downloadable via our podcast description. You're going to be able to click on it. That's going to walk you through this conversation because you need to have a guide for this. This isn't, this isn't just something I'm pulling out of my ass. Like I, I, I see this all of the time. The people who work in my dealership think I'm some kind of a verbal ninja. And the reason that they do is because no matter how crazy a situation is, they can bring me in and I can calm somebody down. And it normally ends in a handshake or a hug and an apology from the aggressor. They then leave and come back and give us great reviews online and say, hey, we had some miscommunication. I really loved Michael. And the only thing that I do is separate fact from fiction in the way that I communicate with people. And you do that by removing your feelings. Give them a platform to talk. Let them talk. Hear what their story is so I can figure out what in this story is true, what in this story is bullshit, and what in this story is their feelings. Because the only thing that feelings are good for in the conversation of money and business and any kind of a leverageable conversation like that is to get a litmus for where the pain points of the person who is communicating. Like, that's it. If somebody says to me, like, I'm really frustrated and blah, blah, and here's my thing, blah, and, and, and they're like very animated and very passionate, and they're like, I'm looking for the feelings, core feelings, only to know where their pain point is. And then I can take their facts, my facts, their fiction, maybe my team's fiction, and I figure out where all of those things collide and I start to remove fictitious bits of the conversation. Okay, but you and I can agree that what you just said isn't necessarily true, right? If you would consider the possibility that maybe what you're saying here is just a little bit off, my perspective of that same statement is XYZ. I'd have you consider the possibility that maybe XYZ is a space that is truth. And if you can agree that this is a truth, then we can have a conversation based off of that truth. Had a guy came back, come into my dealership. He wanted, like, literally wanted to punch. He was threatening to punch people in the face. I'll take on all you mother efforts. Like, this guy was mad. And he was over 300 pounds. And I had staff members that were being, like, they were getting offended. He was saying a, b a bunch of really terrible, mean, offensive things. He, you could just tell that this guy operated with a ton of hate in his heart. Hate to mask the fear and the insecurities that consumed him. All 300 pounds of his blubbering self. It was big, but it was soft, and you could see it. And so I walked up, and I sent everybody away, and I said, step outside with me. I just want to talk to you. That was a fact. I got outside, and I said, I want to hear what you, what's going on. I heard his story. The facts in his story were this. He took a vehicle on a test drive. It drove perfect. He decided to buy it. So he bought it. He drove a few miles down the road. And when he got down the road, he noticed that the, that one of the tires looked low. He came back in and demanded that my team fix the tire. Instead of my team saying, absolutely, sir, we'll pull around back and we'll fix it. They said, well, yeah, you just pull it on back here and we'll fix it. They put air in it. They sprayed it with soapy water to see if they could find a leak. They couldn't. And they said, absolutely, this thing does not have a leak. You're good to go. And the guy said, are you calling me a liar? Like, he just went ballistic. His thing was, it had a flat tire. It lost air. It must be flat somewhere. And he just goes on this big tangent, and I just stopped him. Stop. I appreciate everything you're saying. At the end of the day, you want to return the truck, and you want to punch a bunch of people on my staff in the face because 
They didn't listen to you. You told them that the tire's flat. And I completely agreed. Obviously has lost air, right? We can both agree to that. He said, yes, well, we, we nodded in unison. Awesome. Now in my mind, I'm running the same scenario multiple different ways. Where do I go with this? What do I need to do? And I said, well, look, here's the thing. Temperature shifts cause air. Like I'm, I'm going to give him another fact. Temperature shifts cause tires to deflate when they're not driven every day. It, it just is true. Sometimes you have to put air in, in a tire. Different things can cause, you know, there's a lot of expansion and contraction, heat, cold, heat, cold. And it's not being driven, so it's sitting. And so seals get a little loose, and the, the, that internal lubrication doesn't, doesn't do what it's supposed to do. Like, it's just not good. A sitting car is not good, right? And so I, I established a couple more facts with him. He's in agreement with my facts. And then I said, let's remove the feelings of, of, of my team not doing their job. I'll address that. But the fact is, is that you could be right, and so could they. And so here's what we'll do. You take off out of here. If that tire loses air in the next 30 days, take it wherever you want and get it fixed, and I'll pay for it. Send me the bill. Stuck up my hand. He shook my hand, patted me on the shoulder, and said, you're the nicest guy I've ever met. I really genuinely appreciate it. And all I did was remove the feelings so that I could separate the fact from the fiction, execute common ground on the facts. And this is a conversation that you need to understand. You need to be able to evaluate every situation in your life from a basis of fact and fiction, from real life and from the bullshit. You, you, and what you find is the more you practice this, the better you get at doing it on the fly. You hear people talk to you about their hopes and their dreams or what they're going to do or what they're not going to do, and you start to sniff the BS. And then sometimes you sniff truth. You recognize, real recognizes real. This is something that I've said before. This is something we've all heard from other people before. But it's true. And the more in tune you get to reality, to standing and operating in a place of fact, when you cut through all of the stories and all of the nonsense to get to the core, the common denominator, which the only common denominator inside of a story are the facts, because everything else from that point on is skewed. When you get good at that, your world becomes easier to operate inside of. You stand in front of the mirror. You look in the mirror. Do you like what you see? Yes or no? Yes, I like what I see. Cool. Move on. You open up your Bible. You begin to pray. Do you feel the presence of God on you? Yes or no? Cool. Move on. You go and meditate for a while to see if you can create space and find peace. When you open your eyes, do you feel peaceful? Yes or no? Awesome. Move on. You walk into your business. Is my business making money today? Is my business making money this week, this month, quarterly, annually? Am I happy with my team member? A, B, C, D, E. Yes or no. Fact, 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 fact. Life gets easy if you stand on facts. But the thing about fiction is that it seems like a real story, but it's unstable ground and you fall. You tumble, you trip, you collide. You cannot live in a place of fake bullshit news. If the only truth you believed was delivered to you in the form of the National Enquirer, you would be a very fun person to hang out with. <laughs> I would really enjoy that. But if you can get centered in zero and stand hard on facts, you'll move at a speed that most people can't understand. 
you'll recognize truths that most people won't accept when they talk to you. This is why most pe so many people love Gary Vee. Because all the guy is is a realist. He cuts through all the stories and the nonsense and the bullshit, and he uses his life experiences to, s to separate your stories with facts. And everybody else who lives in this deceived nature watches these videos like, oh my gosh, Gary Vee is so profound. Yet he's a smart dude. But the thing that he's the best at is just being real and standing on facts. And he is truly a ninja when it comes to cutting through the bullshit and just exposing the truths. I think if you could learn how to do that, you would feel like you were operating in so much more power. And that's what I want for you. Savvy. I know you see me in your scope. I'm the captain of the ship. You just a sailor with a boat. Bulletproof.